Mainly Plants podcast. My name is Ryan Furman, and I am a certified plant-based nutritionist. Uh, you can find my website at mainlyplants.com. You can get a hold of me at uh, ryan at mainlyplants.com or at mainlyplants on uh, any of the social media. You can DM me um, or however you do on those, um, and I will respond, usually uh, within a day or two, depending. Um, so this week, uh, I want to talk a little bit about, um, you know, why why plant based, why vegan, um, and and I identify more with the term plant based than vegan. Um, vegan is kind of all encompassing, meaning uh, no leather, no honey, uh, because it's from bees. Bees produce it; it's an animal producing it. Um, no wool that kind of thing. Um, I do have honey from time to time, and uh, I think I have a wool sweater somewhere in my closet, so I, I'm not, you know, technically vegan. Um, I am plant-based, meaning that my diet um, consists of 100% uh, plants, and um, and my compassion for animals, meaning, uh, you know, I, I, don't, I don't support uh, exploitation of animals, yada, yada, yada. So just want to get out of the way. Um, so, so, you know, a lot of people will, uh, when I tell them that I'm, I'm, uh, plant-based and if they ask me what plant-based is, I, I just say vegan cause it's easier, um, for, for argument's sake. But, um, you know, and a lot of people will look at me and say, you know, Oh, how do you get all the nutrients you need? You must have a deficiency somewhere. Um, and it's not, it's not because, you know, they're stupid or anything. It's just because there's a lot of, um, misrepresentation of what uh, we as humans need in our diet, and uh, it's a lack of knowledge and it's a lack of education. And we've been educated a certain way since we were little. Um, so it's it's you know, people who who don't set out to do the research or, or educate themselves or contact somebody like me or or any other nutritionist or, or dietitian, plant based dietitian. Um, they're not going to know. And that's fine. That's what I'm here for. And that's why I encourage all of you to ask questions. So, um, you know, the, kind of the easiest way for me to to think about it is how if if technolo- technology wasn't here, um, you know, we didn't have food processors and we didn't have big factories making our food and we didn't have grocery stores where we could just run down the street and, and pick up whatever we wanted to eat. Um, how would we eat? You know, naturally, uh, meaning the beginning of civilization when humans first you know were around uh or or whether you're you know you believe in evolution or, or whatever um the first humans obviously there wasn't there weren't grocery stores and and just like there weren't cars or any other technology or any other kind of convenience um so how how would we have eaten well we would have to forage for the bulk of our food um and once in a while, we might be able to to kill and you know and eat whether it be a deer or a mammoth or, or anything like that, um, and that would be divided up with our tribe or or village or whatever um, organization you know kind of grouping we were in. Um, but it, it was mainly plants. Um, haha, there's my name. So it was a lot of plants uh, with maybe a little bit of meat from time to time. Um, and I don't have anything against that. You know, it, it's uh, it's it's different nowadays because you know these inhumane 
factory farms. Um, the way they kill them is is not painless. The way that they treat them is not painless. Uh, there's a lot of suffering and, and other stuff um, that I can get into if you would like me to. Uh, let me know. Um, but for nutrition's sake, let's keep it to nutrition. Um, so, you know, you had you, you, what their plates would look like would be, you know, 80, 90 percent vegetables, if not 100, I should say plants, 80, 90, if not 100 percent plants. I mean, and again, from time to time, you know, 5, 10, 20 percent uh, uh, animal product, whether it be, you know, meat or, or milk. Um, so, you know, when you look at the at least the average American diet, I know I have listeners in other countries, um, so I can't speak to that. But the average American diet is, you know, 80, 90, 100 percent animal products uh, with very little plants. So we're, we're not eating as nature intended. And um, as a result, we're getting these chronic diseases, right, these diseases of affluence that can be prevented um, and treated and reversed um, with proper diet, meaning some cancers, uh, type 2 diabetes, gout, um, things like Alzheimer's, etc., etc., things that weren't around, you know, hundreds, thousands of years ago, <clears throat> and at least not uh, as prevalent as they are today. Um, you know, I, I'm sure everybody knows somebody who either has or had cancer. Um, everybody knows somebody who has. Uh, whether it be uh, type 2 diabetes or uh, gout or um, uh, insulin resistance, which is which can be a precursor to, to diabetes. Um, everybody knows some, somebody with something. Uh, and that's it's really a shame uh, because it's preventable and it's treatable and there's no reason that we need to get to that point. Um, you know, for me, I'm not sure how many people have read my my quick bio on my website, mainlyplants.com, but I encourage you to. I have lived both sides of the fence. Um, I have lived as a predominantly uh, carnivore. Um, I thought that because of my education, I thought that the proper diet was, you know, a big hunk of meat, whether it be chicken, pork, steak, beef, whatever, um, you know, maybe some cheese thrown in there or some dairy of some sort because you have to have your calcium, uh, you know, and that's the way that, to get it, I, I thought. And maybe, you know, a tiny little bit of steamed or grilled vegetables. Uh, I rarely had anything raw. Um, so, uh, and, and I had developed high cholesterol and I was fatigued, I had chronic fatigue and I was, you know, 20, 23 all the way up till I was 25 and I was taking medication because of it and it got to the point where I was like you know I mean I'm in my mid-20s I'm supposed to be the, the healthiest um, that I can be and I'm not healthy what, what's going on you know I thought I was eating right so I did the research you know I had luckily I had some some uh, some great friends who who were plant-based um, you know I have a good friend who's married to another good friend of mine, and she has a lot of food allergies. So they they looked into the plant based lifestyle uh, and, and found out that it was a good solution for them. Uh, they they knew that I was big into uh, uh, exercising, and they thought that it might help me. So they showed me uh, forks over knives, and I was hooked immediately. And I you know I gave 
the vegan diet a try. I went cold turkey, which is not necessarily something that I recommend to most people because uh, it can get um, it can get very frustrating and it can get very difficult. But my type of mentality is I need to kind of jump in with both feet. I can't just ease into it. Uh, so jumped into it, uh, felt better. I mean, you could feel the effects after a week or two. Um, your body's at least at that age is very quick to to recover. Um, and uh, fast forward, my cholesterol went down, got off of medication, uh, no more chronic fatigue, uh, and my my gym sessions are better, longer sustained energy, better muscle development, um, everything like that. So uh, it's hard to to not recommend it. But uh, but getting back towards the the way that you know nature intended, uh, we we weren't made to. Um, or I, I should say, our food was not supposed to be cooked at you know extreme temperatures. You know, baking at four hundred degrees or three twenty-five for two hours, or deep frying stuff that pulls out all the nutrients, uh, or or like frying adds you know, saturated fat uh, and and other empty calories. So you know, we were made to, like I said, eat large quantities of raw. Veggies and raw is, is anything. I believe it's un, under uh, 120 degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, so you can still cook your food. You can still you know do a stir fryer or or uh, uh, saute stuff at a low heat. Warm it up. You know it doesn't have to be wilted and, and mushy. Uh, you can still have it. Should have it. Should still have a crunch to it. But you don't have to have always cold food. You can cook quinoa. You know you don't have to. Uh, I, I, I cook at extreme temperatures for that. Uh, boiling is can be done over a relatively low heat. So when when kind of trans not transferring, but when adopting a plant based diet, and you don't really know what to eat, try and think about what what we would have if we were still cavemen. You know, it, and, and that's not to say that it's you know you can't ever have you know processed food or, or, or whatever it may be, stuff that wouldn't be readily available to us in nature, but only have it about 20% of the time, which isn't that much if you think about it. You know, there's there's these faux vegan uh, ground meats and sausages, stuff like that. I like them. They taste great, uh, but they're not healthy. They're, health, they're healthier alternatives to meat and dairy, but you shouldn't be having them all the time. Anything that's processed, refined, you want to stay away from. It shouldn't com- comprise the majority of your diet. And with that, I, I kind of want to shift gears, although it's kind of staying on the same topic, uh, to uh, type 2 diabetes. Because this is something that's huge. You know, it's, a, it's an epidemic now, in, at least in, in the United States, and, and it's spreading throughout the world. So, you know, it, it's, it's, it's increasing every year. There's been a 33% increase. It's a third in the United States population in the last decade. So something's obviously going uh, horribly wrong. And, you know, there's, there's 422 million adults worldwide who have type 2 diabetes. That's more than the United States population alone. 
It's a huge amount of people for something that can be it is treatable, something that can be reversed, and something that can be prevented, and something that is vastly, vastly related to diet. An increase of more than half of a serving of red meat per day increases the risk of type 2 diabetes by 48%. It's almost half. Conversely, decreasing red meat intake results in a decreased risk of diabetes. So you can, you know, it's 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 one to one. You can you can directly affect your diabetes or the risk of diabetes through diet. Uh, another other studies have shown that consuming three or more eggs per week increases an American's risk for type two diabetes by thirty nine percent. And and there's a ton of of other studies linking uh, egg consumption to uh, diabetes. You know, eggs, there's a, a, a big push out there for egg consumption because it's got a lot of protein in it and yet it has uh, a lot of bad cholesterol, but it's also got uh, good cholesterol on it that fights bad cholesterol, yada, 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 uh, but they're not looking at the, the diabetes risk. Uh, there was a study released earlier this month uh, that found that those who consumed the highest amount of animal protein, so you think about uh, all animal products, meaning all meats, all dairy, whey protein shakes, egg protein shakes. Um, so <clears throat> those who consumed the highest amount of animal protein increased their risk for type 2 diabetes by 13%. But participants who replaced 5% of their protein intake with vegetable protein decrease the risk of diabetes by 23%. So you don't have to go 100% plant-based to reap the rewards of it. You can, you know, for this is just a, an example, you can replace something as little as 5% of your protein intake with plants and you reduce it drastically, reduce your risk of, of diabetes drastically, almost a quarter, 23%. So, there's there's tips that you can that you can uh, hang on to uh, related to a plant-based diet and um, diabetes. The first tip: eliminate animal protein. Steer clear from meat, fish, uh, dairy products. That includes all yogurt, milk, eggs, and cheeses. Number two: limit your high-fat foods. So avoid uh, heavy oils, pastries, fried foods. Uh, limit olives, avocados, nuts, and seeds. While olives, excuse me, olives, avocados, nuts, and seeds are good for you, and they're part of a balanced plant-based diet, as a type 2 diabetic, because they are high in fat, uh, you want to kind of stay away from them. That doesn't mean that once you get your diabetes under control, hopefully reversed, you can't go ahead and, and have some of those, but initially you want to steer clear from steer clear of them. You want to look for foods that have three grams of fat or less per serving. Uh, tip three, you want to fill up on fiber. Uh, try to consume 40 grams of fiber a day. Uh, I try to bump that up to 50 regardless of whether you have uh, type 2 diabetes or not. And that fiber should be from vegetables, fruits, whole grains, and legumes. Nothing processed, no refined garbage in there. Tip, tip number four, uh, you want to 
try and gear yourself towards having low glycemic foods. So the glycemic index gives you an extra bonus. Uh, it identifies foods that increase blood sugar rapidly and allows you to have foods that stabilize your blood sugar. So uh, things like uh, things that fall into the low glycemic index of foods are uh, if you're going to have bread, which I uh, try to steer clear of, and you know anything that's refined, I, I would advise steer clear of. But a lot of people do enjoy a sandwich, which is fine um, once in a while. Uh, pumpernickel or rye bread is the best. Uh, oats, bran cereals, if you're gonna have cereal, 90% uh, of fruits, 99% of fruits. Sweet potatoes are great. Uh, pasta, again, I, I try to stay away from because it's refined. You can try and get like quinoa pasta or other vegetable pastas, which are better alternatives. Uh, rice, barley is another good one. Um, couscous, beans, peas, lentils, which have a ton of protein in the moss also and again most vegetables uh, I, short of saying all vegetables things that you want to stay away from the high glycemic foods sugars no matter whether they're white brown powdered don't care stay away from sugars um, white potatoes everybody loves french fries I love baked potatoes mashed potatoes but they do not offer a lot of nutrient value and they are high glycemic foods uh, white and wheat bread, and most uh, cold cereals. Uh, tip number five, uh, you, you need to get some supplemental B12 in you. I have a whole episode, a whole podcast episode on B12. You can go back and listen to it, but uh, there are several options to get your, your doses of B12. You can do multivitamins. A lot of them have them in there. Uh, a B12 supplement, whether it be a sublingual, which uh, I would recommend as the, the go-to, or you can, there's pills, there's also uh, shots you can get from your doctor. Um, fortified foods, I wouldn't rely on that, so I'm just going to throw that out. Um, but uh, B12, the most important thing also that you want to make sure, and a lot of, a lot of times I see, you know, when, when clients or, or people that I'm uh, coaching uh, show me their multivitamin or their, or their B12 supplement, um, it, it says there's a it'll say on the nutrition information B12 and then in parentheses it'll there'll be one of two long words and those long words either start start with cyna or methyl you want to make sure that your B12 is methyl um, if it's cyna it means that it is um, uh, uh, how do I say I totally just blanked on the word that I'm looking for it is synthetic thank you Ryan brain um, it's synthetic, so it's it's not a natural chain of B12. Your body's gonna have a harder time knowing what it is and what to do with it, uh, which means poor uh, abs absorption into your body. So get, without fail, the methyl B12. Uh, if you need some recommendations, again, I think I did it in the B12 episode. If you don't wanna listen to the whole thing, uh, email me or DM me and ask me. Uh, there's some good recommendations that I can give you for B12 supplements, whether it be in a multivitamin or just standalone B12. Um, and then, you know, aside from those kind of go-to tips, um, there's also just kind of general tips, across the board tips. So um, you need to be strict with yourself. Uh, you need to be accountable, uh, which is a very hard thing for most of us to do. I get it. You know, if there's no one looking over your shoulders, it's easy to cheat. 
but you have to set up things in place that you are accountable for what you're eating, whether it be with a loved one, uh, a coach such as myself, or any other one that you feel comfortable with. However you can do it, you need to be accountable. Um, don't focus on the long on the long term. Also, you want to focus on the short term. You set short term goal, goals, uh, uh, reach them, accomplish them. Set more. You want to um, have that continued sense of accomplishment in order to keep going, so as not to get frustrated. Um, if you have trouble finding recipes that you like f- that that fit within your your diet for type two diabetes contact me. I can find you some. I can walk you through how to find them and what to look for. Fat-free meat substitutes, uh, I would recommend as a transition from uh, the diet that that you're having now if you have type 2 diabetes uh, or are pre-diabetic to um, a plant-based diet. Uh, you know, there's a there's that craving for meat and uh, and dairy. It's not something that you want to uh, work into your diet for the long haul, but for the short term, if it means helping you get off of the meat and dairy, absolutely do it. It'll satisfy that craving. It'll help make the transition a little bit easier. So go for it. Try the Eve's ground turkey um, or ground meat, uh, faux ground meat crumbles. I like those. There's vegan sausages that are great. There's a ton of stuff. Again, if you um, if you're not sure something's okay, let, contact me, and I'll be ho- ha- uh, happy to go over it with you. Uh, a lot of times, people have trouble making salads, which across the board, no matter what your disorder is, whether it's diabetes or insulin resistance or fiber problems, salads are the, the most overlooked and undervalued meal that you can possibly have. Uh, I have certain rules for the salads. That you should be making again. If you need want to know them, contact me. I'd be happy to go over them. Uh, but something that helps helps the transition is go to a salad bar. Whole Foods has a great salad bar. Yeah, it's more expensive than if you bought things by yourself. But go there. That way you can try out a bunch of different vegetables and see what you like. See what you want to buy and work into a salad at home. Um, you know. If, if you need to eat a meal on the run, you can always pre-package a salad. It's a great thing to do. So, you know, if you're also, if you're a businessman and you're flying a lot, businessman or woman, uh, or you fly a lot or travel a lot uh, via airplane, always call ahead and, and see if they have uh, either a um, vegan or vegetarian meal and see if you can reserve it because number one, they taste better than that shitty airplane food, but number two, they're gonna be a healthy alternative for you. And again, you want to stay away from uh, the fatty foods. Uh, when it comes to to eating out, you know, a lot of people have problems with eating out, especially with a, a diet that is restrictive for a diabetic. Uh, let's kind of run down the list that I composed here of different types of restaurants and, and the best things to eat there. So if you're going to have Japanese, you know, your significant other wants to go get sushi, you don't know what to eat there, uh, try vegetable sushi. There's a ton of rolls. There's You can get a California roll that doesn't have the crab in it. You can get the avocado cucumber roll. There's a bunch of rolls uh, at, at any, I mean, I, I'd be hard pressed to find uh, a sushi restaurant that didn't have vegetable rolls with no animal products in it. Also. Uh, miso soup is great. Uh, make sure the the broth is vegetable broth, and um, 
but it's very low calorie and it's it fills you up and I I love miso soup. I actually bought miso paste to make miso soup at home. It's super easy to do. You just heat up water, mix in the appropriate amount of paste, and that's it. If you're going to Chinese food, uh, rice is fine. Uh, you know you don't want to eat a ton of it. It should be a, a small portion, and then. Uh, steamed vegetables. You know, you don't want a lot of heavy sauce in there because a lot of their sauces are sugar, and you don't want a ton of oil, if any at all. Um, but uh, steamed vegetables are great. And again, you know, um, pausing this real quick, I, uh, you know, it, it's not going to be the most tasty diet in the world, and it's it, it's you're not going to be ecstatic about doing it. But it's your life, and you're at this point because you, or maybe a loved one you you know that you're trying to help. Um, has eaten a diet that was neglectful of their body and and um, and full of taste and full of flavor and and full of too much taste and flavor um, and it was far it was the diet that you were eating before the diet of, a, of somebody who's diabetic you know prior to their change um, was on one side of the spectrum the only way to even it out is to go far on the other side of the spectrum. You know, you have to be responsible and, and kind of suck it up and, and eat for health at this point. If you're going to go to Mexican food, um, you can get, you know, a standard bean burrito is is okay. Uh, again, I wouldn't recommend, um, you know, doing this too often. Most people don't don't eat out a lot, so it's okay to kind of eat, eat um, a little worse than you typically would if you're going to go out. Uh, as long as it's not above 20% of your meals. But again, a bean burrito is okay. Make sure it's got no cheese, no sour cream, no guacamole, uh, because guacamole, even though it is made of avocados, which are fantastic for you, as a diabetic, you want to stay away from that high fat, even though it's good fat. Um, Spanish rice is, is okay. Um, the uh, and A trick that I've learned is that if you, if you ask the waiter to, to bring out uh, corn tortillas that are warmed up uh, with no salt and dip them into uh, salsa instead of the fried chips uh, it's it's much better so warm tortillas you know soft tortillas uh, to dip in the salsa not those fried corn chips you don't want to eat those at all if you're going to Italian um, pasta fagiole it's a vegetable soup it's delicious uh, I would eat it even if I wasn't watching what I eat. It's really tasty. Um, pasta marinara is okay. Uh, you want to make sure that you ask them to, again, keep the olive oil to a minimum. Thai food. I love Thai food. Um, again, kind of across the board with the, with the Asian restaurants, you want to make sure that um, it's a lot of vegetables, a little bit of rice is okay, and ask them to, uh, to uh, bring out dishes that don't have coconut milk or suggest dishes that don't have coconut milk because again it's high fat. Uh, Indian, I'm not a fan of Indian food um, however um, rice dishes are okay. Um, curries, most curries again can be fatty so you want to stay away from them but again just mostly um, uh, steamed vegetables with rice. Um, Middle Eastern, the Middle Eastern diet my favorite type of uh, food there's been a ton of studies that have attributed to uh, longevity in humans with the Mediterranean diet. Uh, there is a an article on my website mainlyplants.com, and it 
It's it's about blue zones, and it's fascinating. But uh, Middle Eastern food, tabbouleh is great, hummus is great. Uh, as long as the pita, the pita bread is uh, not white bread, and you're not having a ton of it, because the alternative is wheat bread, which isn't great for you also. Um, also, there's a lot of vegetables that you can substitute the pita bread out for, like cucumbers are great, uh, because they're low caloric uh, and, and pretty much just mainly water. Uh, and they're great with the hummus as well. Um, and there's uh, there's going to be a ton of other options at a Mediterranean restaurant. Um, but but last last and definitely not least, American food. Uh, so most restaurants we go out to are American food, right? So um, you want to limit yourself to a vegetable a vegetable plate or the salad bar or the house salad. Baked beans are okay if they can do something like kidney beans or cannelli beans or uh, or white beans. That's better for you. Spaghetti is okay. Again, you don't want to have a big portion of it. It shouldn't be the main part of your meal. Maybe just a little cup of it on the side. A fruit plate is great also. Um, as for the salad, if you do go with the salad, ask for no dressing um, and then ask them if they can bring out um, maybe a, a, a tiny little bit of olive oil just to cling to the food. And I'm talking about you know maybe a teaspoon of olive oil in the entire salad, which is fine. Um, and then uh, a lemon. Lemons are great to squeeze across salads as dressing. They are tangy. They uh, kind of have that uh, vinegary kind of feel to the to the taste of them. I do it all the time. And if it's a Meyer lemon, it's the better. It's even better. Meyer lemons are the sweeter lemons. Uh, I, I I love it. I soak my stuff in that. Um, and then you want to make sure that. Uh, if, it, if it comes with cheese or bacon or eggs, olives, avocados, make sure that's all left off. Um, so that's kind of your quick rundown on diabetes and how to eat for diabetes. Um, there, uh, we're going to get further into type 2 diabetes in, in further episodes because it is an epidemic and it is something that affects so many of us across the world uh, and and specifically the United States. But I don't want to exclude anybody. It is showing up in places like uh, Japan, where they're adopting the American diet and it's it's doing numbers on their health, uh, and Europe. So, uh, if you have any questions, comments, concerns about anything that I've talked about today, about any topics you want covered in the future, uh, Ryan at mainlyplants.com, at mainlyplants on any of the social media. And like I said, we'll get into diabetes more in depth on a future episode. Uh, but in the meantime, go eat a salad. <laughs>